0: Off the ball.
1: You, if he gets a nine-hood, will be the services to insomnia because it's a boring of
0: line. <laughs> There's 20 different stories to say that fit into this. That's why we love sports. It's the storytelling element of sport.
1: Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.
0: Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 73 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is Neve Briggs. Uh, a very, very happy podcast this week, Neve. We've had a few... Yeah. Ups and downs during the season. Uh, lovely, consistent run in the middle, but the start was tough. But the end is sweet, isn't
1: it? 100%. I like the fact that, unknowns to ourselves, we both were uh, different shades of kind of red. Um, but uh, look, it was an incredible ending to, like, realistically, an unbelievable season, really, on paper, when you look at. A new coaching ticket coming in. They didn't have any say over how preseason was was structured. Getting up to speed, the first five games, um, and and to to as you say, had those little peaks and traps, which is brilliant because when you get into those little those little moments of of doubt or struggle, and to be able to get back out of it creates a huge amount of resilience. I think it's because of those little peaks and drops over the season. We've so shown a huge amount of resilience over the last five or six weeks. <laughs> um, so brilliant! What a win! Oh my god, it was incredible. Uh, I was buzzing uh, on Saturday evening watching it. I'd given an anthem to be over in South Africa. Um, I know you were there with your mother, of course. Uh, I hope you found her. Um, and uh, yeah, look, unbelievable. So so happy for everybody involved. So so happy.
0: Where where did you watch the match?
1: Uh we watched at home. We had the UL Bo's Centenary Ball on Saturday evening in, in Past Troy Park. So they had big screens on there for everybody that was watching it. But um in true fashion, I couldn't watch that in public because I'd been um I'd have been uh, roaring and shouting at television. So uh yeah, I watched it at home and then we hightailed it up to the ball. So um it was hilarious. And my sitting room was full of people in tuxes and dresses uh watching a rugby match. It was just the funniest thing ever. But um no, and then the night was buzzing after it. You know, Paulie spoke. Barry Murphy was seen for part of it. It was just like Dave Coyne's dad was there, and everybody was just really buzzing. Um, so it was brilliant. It was brilliant. So so good.
0: It feels a bit surreal, doesn't it? Given um the start of the season and all that, and and just the way the team have grown and and the way they've progressed and kind of had to do the hard way at the end of the season I think obviously Leinster opened the door with their selection Um, I'm not taking anything away from Munster but the door was open and Munster went through it and um, obviously they had to perform in the final then to to win the trophy but it's it's really unbelievable it wasn't long ago we were analysing the Glasgow game back at the end of March thinking are they going to make the knockout stages are they going to make Europe next year and then obviously they went to South Africa and they got two brilliant results there. <clears throat> they they really gelled as a group. I think they fixed the issues and the problems they would have had around around that period. It wasn't just a Glasgow game. Mm-hmm. It was it was um, you know probably the concession yeah. of forty two points against Scarlets and Cork, then the Champions Cup in 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 Durban in that heat and. Um, you know there was issues around breakdown, physicality, mall defense, all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't looking good, and I, and that's the reality. So it even makes it more. You've got to tip the hat, your hat to to this squad and the coaches, the way they've they've kind of fixed things on the run, done it the hard way, and and obviously. You know, to win it in the end, uh, the scenes there, I was in Cape Town. It was just really special. We talk about the fan involved. I was just going to ask
1: you, sorry. I was just going to ask you, you were there. Like, obviously this big, huge stadium sold out, loads of Stormers fans. And you could hear the constant, I don't know if you could hear it, because you were doing commentary, but on the TV, you could just hear the constant monster. You could hear the constant, like... What an incredible thing. When they beat Leinster before, a couple of weeks beforehand, my dad texted me, he was definitely after having a few beers in the local, he was like, can we, go can we go to South Africa? I like, just couldn't work at work this week, but I just think the amount of people on two weeks' notice to be able to get over there for that kind of trip is just, it speaks about what's special about this club, you know. We speak often I, to the players that I'm coaching at the moment about what makes Munster so special. Why do you love playing for them? Why do you love playing for them? You know, you come home from Ireland, why do you eat camps and you're mad to get back into Munster? Like, what is it? And I know it's different for everybody, but there's just something very special, isn't there?
0: Yeah, there's obviously um, something very special about it. It was just incredible to be there, Niamh, and to see... Um on the journey out, all the Monster fans traveling different ways. People when you get there, you meet people from America, Australia, uh, the Middle East, the UK, um, uh, Canada. Unbelievable. You know, I met two guys from um, from America who had kind of got an internal flight um from Nashville to New York and then New York to Cape Town and just the excitement to be there and the, 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 the lens. obviously the financial hit here for people, you say it's two weeks but really a lot of these people had probably two days to make up their mind after the Leinster game on the Saturday night so, yeah. I think there was 50,000 going on Saturday night after a few drinks and then uh, that, obviously <laughs> when people go home and they look at the, the bank balance and the cost and start searching flights and flights went up um, but the crowd that was there, you know, I don't know the exact numbers. They, they said it was during the week. It could have been five thousand, but it probably wasn't that. It was probably two to three thousand. But the noise they made, um, and the efforts they made to go there, and and look, it reminded me genuinely of of the you know Monster of old. You know what I mean? But I was very lucky to be going around Europe with Monster, and and the way the fans travel, and it was. It seems like a bit of a reconnection. I think we mentioned it last year on the pod, um, Toulouse, uh, monster in Dublin, and the Aviva that 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 game in the quarter final. You know the singing, the crowds, the atmosphere. It was it was it kind of gave us hope that that kind of connection is back. But I think Graham Rowntree has done a magnificent job in in acknowledging the fans and kind of connecting with the fans. And like people might say, well, that's. How, how did he do that? I think he just acknowledged him every time he spoke and the supporters and they felt that. They felt the connection with the team. He was very open and honest in all his media briefings. Um, did loads of uh, events. Again, with Rugby Travel Ireland, he came into the hotel on Friday night and he did sit down Q&A um, in, himself and Andy Kiriakou. Did for he? Yeah, for 130 Munster fans who were there with, with us with Rugby Travel Ireland. Amazing. Um, the night before the game, yeah, and he did it oh, the last, last time as well. So we had, the last yes. time we were in South Africa, we had Graham and, and Dave Kilcoyne on the Friday night before this last Stormers game. And in Durban, we had Mike Prendergast and RG Simon. So, and then all the coaches turned up in Durban. So they're not afraid and not uh, kind of hiding themselves away. The players obviously acknowledging that in that that those first two games... Um, was really special. It just it just made it really special. So I met loads of people who travelled from all over the world, and of course, people from Limerick, Cork, Tipperary, Waterford, uh, people outside the province. I don't want to leave anyone out. And um, the passion, the singing was just amazing. Um, to see the bus pulling into the stadium and the both sides of the street lined with monster flags that was that was special. And you're sitting on a bus as a player, and you you look out and you go. We're a long way from home here and look look at, look at what this means to people. So um, really, really special in a sense that I met so many people who would have been at my games back in 97, 98, 99, 2000, when the whole kind of momentum and journey around travelling, around European Cups, all that stuff started. I met them. We've all got a bit older, but... To see the emotion and the excitement and the joy at the end of the match for those people was really special because it means a lot. You know, they're they're monster through and through. So the fans played a huge part in sticking with the team, and all season they've done that. You know, there's it has been a bit of a topsy-turvy season, particularly the starting point. Um, but it's really special. We've always tried to promote the fan engagement on the podcast, which is really important because we want to give them a voice. We've had a lot of regular contributors, which is wonderful. We've had people from America, from the UK, from Australia. Um, so it's been brilliant to have everybody listening and so many people talking to me when I was over there looking forward to the podcast as well. Um, not just at the weekend, but throughout the season. So it's been really special to kind of uh, be part of that. And um, look, I don't think anyone will get carried away. Um, we're not the done deal. Um but there's optimism and excitement there. And look, we probably, not just you and me, but lots of people have to hold their hands up here and see, being realistic, none of us saw this coming. None of us saw Munster winning a trophy this early in the new coaching regime, Uh, but we saw progress. There was optimism there throughout the season, so it has been really special. Just speaking on the fan engagement, obviously um, I put out a tweet um to try and see what people's highlights were, um pivotal moments throughout the season, star of the season, all that kind of stuff. So you can read out the reaction there. We've had a got a, got a great reaction. Yeah, there. so
1: it's just just beforehand, um a couple of people are tweeting about your mom. So if anyone doesn't know you put out a brilliant tweet about your mom on the uh, homecoming night, wanting her to go home um, because she had been in Cape Town with you and then uh, the fact that no, uh, no eggs had been caught uh, yesterday morning because uh, I thought, t- t- you know what, for someone now who doesn't often come across very funny, Quinny, I thought that was very, very witty, very, very good. Uh, but loads of them were asking about where your mum is uh, and well, did she get home okay? I thought that was... Hilarious. I also saw um, something on Twitter the other day of uh, Fiona Murphy. And he doesn't know she's the head of communications from Munster. And she's inside and she is in the dressing room and she's sprinkling your mother's holy water and all the jerseys before the players get in. Well,
0: I, um, do- I, deli- I, delivered the ho- I delivered the holy water to Fiona before the game because my mum and the Munster fans in particular were on the second level and that was all that was concerning her Saturday morning. How am I going to get the water to uh, the Holy Water, to Fiona, or to one of the Munster kind of coaches or something. The Leinster match two weeks ago, she gave it to Stephen Ferris and he delivered it to, to someone uh, called the <laughs> <up> Munster. <laughs> what and, a legend. I, 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 that's such I, cool. Faze, Faze uh, thought it was brilliant and he kept a little bit and put a sprinkle on his own back because his back has been giving him trouble. so. But Faze thought it was brilliant. You heard Bernard Jackman for the Glasgow match talking about...
1: Yeah. Um,
0: she gave it to Mike Prendergast for that match. But look, Fiona, this is going on for, twenty, as I said, probably 25 years now, where my mother always brings the holy water. And, you know, Lord have mercy on Pat Geraghty, who was our media manager. It probably started with Pat back in the very early days where my mum would give... give Pat the holy water, and Pat would go into the dressing room, sprinkle it around the dressing room, f- sprinkle, on a few players going out. A lot of the players at the time didn't know what it was. They were getting a splash of water going out the door, but Pat didn't. <laughs> uh, you know, it was it wasn't it wasn't something that uh, was spoken about too much. But she always brought the holy water, and and you know, Pat, you, pretty- say it or then, Pat you say her thing. Pat you her then. If we mm-hmm. lost the match, that that was only tap water this week. She didn't have the proper holy water. But she um she obviously gets the holy water. She goes on loads of trips to Fatima, San Giovanni, Rome, you name it, and she always brings home holy water. She she has loads of it. So it was brilliant, brilliant. it was really special. And I think it was great to have her there because um you know she's been there from from the very start as well, supporting Munster, particularly when me when I was playing, and uh, that's how it all started. And um, with lots of other people who were there from the start, as I said as well, but. Fiona got the Holy Water, the video went up afterwards then and um, regarding my tweet um, we got home on Monday morning I, I, AJ, my son was with me as well we got back into Dublin uh, my mom and her crew were going back to Shannon from, from Heathrow so we kind of split up in, in London and um, she told me she was wrecked and there was small mention of the, 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 the homecoming and she did say that I'm wrecked I'm going home to bed and uh, I'll have an early night, and then I get a uh, some picture sent to me of her and stuck in the middle of it again, you know, which was was brilliant. Um, and, oh, uh, was, to, that's class. So anyway, the it was a little yeah. bit of a fib about a little bit of a fib about the hens on um, on Tuesday morning because she was up at about eight o'clock and the hens were all that no, was brilliant I, though. Quinny. All, I was actually like though. proper skating away. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, but look, she loves it um, and. Uh, she 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 enjoyed the trip. As did all the other monster fans. Just yeah. before I finished on the fans, the sing song in the hotel we were in, we were in the Cullinan in um, Cape Town, and the sing song there every night was 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 just unbelievable. But it was amazing. You come back Saturday night after the game, and people were having drinks in the bar, and it was full. But it was it was like an exhaustion. There amongst people, they were just overwhelmed. It was amazing. So emotionally drained. Wednesday night, massive sing song. Thursday night, massive sing song. Friday night, massive sing song. And all the staff from the hotel were singing as well. And they were amazing. Like, South Africa is just the most wonderful place and it's wonderful people. And um, I've always loved it there. It has its challenges, but the staff and the people in the hotel, they all joined in and they were singing the South African National Anthem. They were singing and dancing. It was amazing. Saturday night. It was like people were just exhausted. So it was, it was unbelievable, unbelievable trip.
1: Brilliant. And um, so, along with lots of fans asking after your mom, so please give her our best wishes. Uh, Sean McCullough said, uh, Hi, Quinny, had the privilege to be there and what an occasion it was. Delighted for all involved. Had a bad start to the campaign. Yes, we did. Did Graham, the coaching team players, believe it would change? Yeah, hell yes. Well done, it was a hard way on the road for five games in a row. Sean's an absolute gen from Nina. Uh, Liam Sheehan, impossible to pick a star of the season. So many huge performances, a number of positive indicators. Crowley got better and better. On Saturday, it looked as though we had two competitive front rows. Munster will be feared next season. Uh, JC, delighted for the older crew, who has given, given blood, sweat and tears to the jersey for so many years for such little rewards. Hopefully, winning becomes a habit now, but either way, the Munster fans will always be behind this team. Gail says the squad depth is superb. Coaches rewarded form to create great competition for places. Team selection must have been challenging. Le Drop and Le Bloc were highlights. Turning point was the South African game. Thrilled with silverware and title were more to come from this talented team. Dave Parks. Hard grit determination to see this away run uh, and to see this away run out. It's been horrible. Munster attacked the Stormers every chance they got in the final. And were amazing defence. A huge thank you to the coaching staff and the team. For what they have done this season, Munster are back. Uh, Richard Daly, John Klein, and um, and think he should have gotten a call into the Irish camp. Winning the RSC in year one is incredible. Here's hoping we drive on. Anyone got thoughts on whether we need to buy one or two for the front row with Heineken Cup in mind? Can this team win um, without a bigger pack for the Heineken Cup? John Tuig, star star player Klein for improvement and durability or Pete for warrior spirit and leadership. Coaching staff are trusting the players to embrace new skills and framework. Away wins over the last six weeks, culminating in silverware the obvious highlighted season. Incredible. Um, Joe Delighted for those players approaching the latter part of their careers, but so too for the younger players. Self-belief is so important in sport. And if they push on now and keep improving, who knows what the future holds. Respect to the former Stormer fans too. A warm welcome in Cape Town. Uh, Tom Lundergan. well, we only went there and won. Massive congrats to everyone involved at Munster Rugby. Graham Rouncey and the coaching ticket have shown their top coaching pedigree and the players have bought into it. Here's to many more successful seasons of hard work, more silver. Look, we could go on and on. There's loads, to be fair, Quinny, but we just got to keep moving on. But like everybody, it's the same thing. So talk about stars of the tournament and stars of the, or stars of the game and stars of the season in a bit. But Sean Klein's coming up there quite a lot. Jack Crowley and um, Calvin Nash. So it's been a really, really brilliant end to... Probably the most surreal season. It's just
0: surreal season for this this coaching group, this playing group, hasn't it? Amazing. It's been amazing. And look, thanks to all the fans who got involved and and got in, um, you know, all season have been regular contributors because we want them to have a voice. We always have done. Um, let's get on to the performance. So, um, we were optimistic last week, both of us, um. I really felt I had a chance, but obviously, for it to actually happen, you kind of go, "Wow, um, it's going to take a mammoth task and a mammoth effort to to win this game." Given the quality of the players and you know the current internationals that they possess and that physicality, um, I, I just think, "Wow, it's uh, to get the job done and to." to win the game and to play the way they did. So if we talk about the performance, there's no negatives anyway this week because uh, in analysing this, there's, there is no negatives. Um, obviously, if they look at the game and you know they, they will do There's certain things that they could have been better with, probably the only thing you would look at is the pressure and the scoreboard. So you think opportunities and all the possession that they had in the first half, they were just amazing. But they never, ever let Damien Willems, uh, Angelo Davids, um, Leland Zass, their back three hurt them in a way that they probably hurt other teams throughout the season. I, if you kick loosely to the Stormers, they're incredibly dangerous in, uh, um, in counter-attack. Both their centres, Ruinel and Dan Duplessis, we didn't see them. We actually didn't see them throughout the game. They've been brilliant for their, the Stormers, so consistent, um, I was chatting to John de Villiers before the game and he was very impressed with C and Rouenel and thought they could be causing a monster a lot of problems, but they never gave them opportunities. Fekitoa and Anton Frisch in the centres were amazing defensively. A massive difference in defence in the last couple of weeks, really locking into tackles, harassing people, getting their numbers right. That difficult period of... Um, the Scarlets game, the Glasgow game, the Sharks game away in Europe. Fellas shooting out of the line, no connection in defense at times, teams getting offloads, getting in behind them. Um, all that stuff was was addressed. And that's what wins you wins you trophies, you know, that defense and that kind of attitude. And it was amazing. So um, how impressed were you with that performance in the first half? Okay, we should have scored more. But the way they kept the ball and kept the continuity, and particularly for me, the breakdown was just unbelievable the way they they cleared players out of the ball and protected their possession.
1: Yeah, I thought it was incredible. Big thing for me was how calm in their aggression they were. So they were really clinical in terms of that breakdown, but they were also really calm on the ball. I think it comes down to Jack Crowley. I think his ability, his temperament, It just puts everybody around him at ease. He's constantly moving. He's constantly moving onto the ball. So he brings players with him. And so often, you know, they started the game by going out the back door and out the back door and out the back door to get the edges. And I thought, Jesus, like, this is going to be brilliant. But as the game went on, they completely changed pictures as the half went on to go into those front doors for those hard lines, to get over these soft shoulders. And then... They're able to go again straight away and you're dead right. It comes all down to that breakdown. There's been a huge shift in that mentality I thought over the last number of weeks in terms of the aggression and the ability, number one, in the ball carry. So their ability to, to fight really hard on the ground to be able to get the ball back, to be able to get quick, but also those barrels or those cleaners out. Everything now is happening at a pace. And so often than not, if they hit a tip on before the tip on would get isolated because the person that tips on the two the, the two kind of cleaners are coming from the inside. Now they're working really hard but once you tip the ball on to get on the outside to be able to clear that thread outside it. So um so it was the control that I loved. Yeah you're 100 percent right. There was definitely moments in that half time period where I was thinking Jesus have have we done enough because we've left opportunities behind. I still think that Gavin Coombs try should have been a try, but you know have we have are we in danger of, of not taking our chances. But then I never felt, even in that period of the second half when the Stormers went up, I always felt Munster had another score or two in them. And I also felt that we were, unless another drastic kind of mistake, like the intercept from Frisch at the start, that I was like, I don't see Stormers winning this. I didn't think they had enough cutting edge. I thought the pitch didn't suit them as much as it didn't suit Munster. And I just felt that Munster had, had more aggression, more line speed, more intensity?
0: OK, yeah, absolutely. It's... it's. Um, I was just incredibly impressed with the way they held on to the ball and their body language and their shape. And it just didn't seem like um, even when the mistakes happened or the tries were disallowed, they they just you just felt they were going to go again and again. Um, you know, obviously, they should have scored more and they should have been further ahead. The three tries disallowed, people want us probably just to... I think the Gavin Coombs one is a, is a difficult one to call he does put his hand on the ground and there's an, an initial stop from Marvin Ory some referees will give that as a try I think if you play it in real time it's, it looks a little bit different initially he's been stopped and because he's hand on the ground I'm tending to look back and not go oh, this is a definite try and once we're done out of a score there it's a tricky one some referees may have given it and others not I think the referee had a really good game uh, Andrea Piardi um, but that one for me probably correct decision I think the um, the Anton Frisch one where he kind of it looked like he knocked it on some people think it's his chest I would certainly have loved it if they went to look at that the referee blew the whistle literally straight away with as Shane Daly picked the ball up and scored. Um, So I don't know. We didn't get enough camera angles on that. But I thought... And Frisch didn't... um, He didn't appeal, which would maybe indicate that he might have knocked it on. So, um, again, opportunity lost. And then, obviously, Peter's pass to Mike Haley, probably forward, uh, really. So I think we, we don't... If we lost the game, we might have... You know there might be more said about them, but I think he got those decisions right. For me, the Peter one did look like it was forward. So, but it was amazing you scored three tries. Three tries were disallowed, and you're you end up in the second half, and you end up two points behind, and you're going wow. I know. And it takes till the seventy-third minute to get the lead again. So it was difficult. They had a penalty before the try, a few minutes, and they didn't kick it, which I thought. I know God, this is the one; it's going to come back to bite them. But they went to the but corner. I then... love
1: the fact. I love the fact that they had that ambition to go to the corner. Though I think you've got to go and be brave. I think for that Peter O'Malley try. I actually don't think. Um, I. I I think they never looked at the high shot on Peter O'Malley's face, and for me, that's that's almost a, that's a card, and it's a penalty try nearly because Mike Haley's running in. And um, I I would have a grievance to that. Um, I I did think that he missed a bit. He what do you mean of the, tack-
0: the, ta- the tackle on Peter O'Mahony? Yeah.
1: So Willem's that comes straight in. I don't know yeah, if you've I seen did, it, yeah. but he's no rat. I did see it. Yeah. know O'Mahony's. No, I know Mani's falling, but straight away I was roaring. Before the before Hayley'd even scored, I was like, "That's a high shot." Not to even go back and look at that, I thought that was very strange, especially when we're on this. You know, that's a really big, hot point for the refs at the moment. The fact that there's no rap, It should have been looked at, I know, yeah. Yeah, it should have been looked at. And I do think there would be a grievance to that after that. But you're dead, right? Like, to be able to, to be brave enough in the final. And it was funny, I had this thought after the Leinster-La Rochelle game as well, that Leinster would have always went to the, to the, to the corner, like Munster have all season. And then for that yeah. final day, and I understand it's cup rugby and it's final rugby. But sometimes you just can't really change what you're doing that much, and like like their mall was brilliant, and um, they backed it. I just thought it was really, really yeah, controlled for, for, game.
0: Particularly after the start, when uh, Anton Frisch gives the pass to Manny Lebok and he scores, and I didn't like the fact that he's gone under the post and he's pointing back at monster players. I also didn't like the fact that Herschel Yankees is screaming and shouting at Peter O'Mahony. I think people can see that online. Um, he's screaming and shouting at her, and into Peter Romani's face. It's pathetic. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what? what? The,
1: um, Ruse said it. Evan Ru said it as well at one stage when um, they got their next score. I think and and here's the thing: there was loads of niggle off the ball that wasn't stamped out from from a Stormers' point of view. I thought, um, and I do think that you know we've spoken about it before. We spoke about it last week and before about the Joseph Dweba... and. Um, comment in the video and stuff like that, like he was non-existent. And it's all well and good if you're going to be the and long as you can back it up. And to be fair, I just think whether they use it or not, they talk, they they said they didn't in terms of that video and stuff. But internally that just gives you a little chip on your shoulder and I felt like that monster went after it storms.
0: So sometimes it can make a difference. I, I like John Dobson, their coach. He's a very nice guy. Um I think he was frustrated and probably disappointed that the video got out. I think we all would have reacted the same if you get a home spine like they would have um, really that they didn't have to travel again. I understood that. And I understood the emotion that you're at home and you would show that obviously jo- Joseph Dweber's comments. Um, again, it's kind of, it's one of those comments you make. And I, w- I didn't read a l- huge amount into it, but I, what it does do Neve, And I've always felt this as a player if you say something, I, I, I'm always nervous about karma, that it can come back to bite you a little bit. And it does. It has a funny way of doing that. You know, if you, like Rog did it years ago over in Leicester, he spoke about the premiership. And I always reference this one about it not being as strong as they're making it out to be. And we were going to play Leicester and we were all, God, why did you do that, Rog? That's given them motivation. but. He's kicking a penalty from the halfway line to win the game for us, and he's player the match afterwards, and he's inside and with the journalists basically saying, "Yeah, well, sure, I told you so." Um, so sometimes it can work in your favor. That was an incredibly strong Stormer side, and I, and you know, very athletic, very powerful, score a lot of tries. So and I I I just thought that it was probably something they didn't need from a coaching point of view that they didn't have to need to address that, but. Look, I think the sportsmanship, like as nas- as 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 annoying as I probably was as a player in the field, I never grigged anyone after we scored a try because immediately I always thought, if I start running, doing do that and it wasn't in me anyway to do that. You could be the one with egg in your face at the end of that game. You know what I mean? You're just opening the door for somebody to come back at you. Now, I thought Peter didn't react, which was surprising as Peter is fiery Um, And he, I didn't see him, you know, obviously he went off, but he, I just thought it was a little bit immature from Yankees and a bit silly because that can come back to bite you. And it was just a case the Munster were steely. And I think you said it at the start of this. They had a composure and a controlled fury about them. They were incredibly aggressive at the breakdown and physically making their tackles, but they didn't really react to stuff and they did, there was no real... I didn't think there was any real Nagel there. I just thought there was a few silly things that could have been picked up. Um, just on the stats, incredibly. You know, monster go away from home. 60% possession. Scored three tries. seventeen breaks as as to five for the Stormers. This is the one. I highlighted a couple of them. Defenders beat, which really adds to what we're trying to say all year about the attack, the expansion the confidence to take on people and run out of opposition, which, let's be honest, the previous regime, really, we didn't see it. We didn't see it. And and the reality of what this team has done is down to good coaching as well. Obviously, the players have stepped up, but the coaching has made a massive difference. And we hear that continuously coming out. It's a happy camp. Um, so it begs the question what was going on the last few years. Defenders beat third 44 defenders beaten as as opposed to nine for the stormers. So that's one that indicates that. 12 offloads, um, that's relatively low for Munster, given you know they've been a lot higher this year. So 12 offloads, not the Stormers had 19, 57% territory, which is really important. Um, Munster had to only make 89 tackles in the game, as opposed to the Stormers, 191. They missed nine tackles. Stormers missed 34. Um, Monster won seven turnovers in the game. And I think this is a really brilliant one as well from the first half. Connover Murray's kicking. He's box kicking. Outrageous. super. I'm so glad you said it. And the two wingers chasing Calvin Nash in particular on his side. Phenomenal pressure. I thought he was amazing, Calvin Nash. Shane Daly as well. So six kicks retained. That's a big number. Yeah. Um, now, you give away 13 penalties as opposed to five. Um, so that was probably a bit higher than what they would have wanted. There was a couple of them. Two of them were blocks in the line-out. Tyg Murray, uh, Tyg Byrne going in behind the lift, and Jeremy Lockman, the other Lachman. one, then the, the, the Jack Crowley one. So there was a couple there that were avoidable probably. But this, those stats are unbelievable. So just a quick word on Conor Murray, because we've got to move on to the start of the week. Phenomenal performance and kicking from him. Um, I just thought it was really important that Munster, They were they got the ball back off the Stormers and that kick chase. Yeah. There was a hunger and a desire there uh, um, around that. So really important for him. And obviously Craig Casey comes on and he adds that zip and pace, which led to that try, mm-hmm. which which was phenomenal. Just on the try at the end, we can't go through every piece of the game in detail. So Dermot Barnes scores. Uh, with them all, brilliant. Calvin uh, Nash, the crossfield kick, superb execution. Um, again, Willem's are lucky there that they didn't show that again yeah. and they didn't go back for a penalty. He slid in with the knee. Slid in, yeah. The winning try came from work rate, desire, honesty, uh, never giving up, and that was a pit of eyes by Gavin Coombs blocking down Manny Libock. So I think Gavin Coombs has been phenomenal this year as well. And I think parts of his game that have improved massively are his off-the-ball stuff. He's tackling. He's cleaning out at breakdowns. He's pressuring the opposition. So on another day, he can give up there. Manny Libock steps steps the first Munster player putting pressure. And then Coombs gets a block on that ball. It lands straight into Craig Casey's hands. And Munster go on the attack. And John Hodnett scores. Um, so I want people to go back and look at that and see what Gavin Coombs did there in making so, that block. How important it was! It was amazing, and it led yeah, to that Yeah, and it's, it's funny.
1: Um, when I watched back on Sunday morning, I um, so Ben Healy kicks that, and Ben Healy chases it. But right as Ben Healy kicks it, Gavin Coombs is actually standing right behind him, and he out-sprints. It's like the 70th odd minute out sprints the Stormers um, players to when, he, when Libox steps Ben Healy to go back on his, on his right foot. Um, he's there for the block. And like if anybody's been uh, following their social media over the last few days, um, he's turning up blocking stuff, blocking bridges in Killaloo and blocking Thoman Park and uh, Le block, they're calling it. And I think it's brilliant and it's great, but you're dead right. It's sheer work rate. And you know what? It's almost night and day in terms of as we talk about Jan Klein and all and and these players that have literally transformed their their abilities and you know they've been given the confidence to play. Gavin Coombs playing no- the November Maori game um, with Ireland Day or whenever it was to where Gavin Coombs finished the season is night and day. His ability, we always know he's powerful and he's strong and he's got really good. Um, you know ball carrying skills, but your dad right? it's everything else that's come that they've they've that he's come up in in everything. It's his work rate, it's his involvement. So before we'd see him carry, we might not see him again for a couple of phases. Now he's carrying. He's now the next clear out. He's the next carrier. He's the next clear out. And we players like that. We we don't like we need him to be involved in everything because he is so strong and he's so good and he's so powerful. So, uh, brilliant. Yeah, we're, we're right, Some acro- tried right, right
0: 13 a- players r- touch the ball right across the board there at the end. Um, and throughout the whole game, the breakdown, the enthusiasm, the energy, and the fitness level of the players to, to just clean out Stormers um potential poachers. Dion free who we spoke about last week, and, and everyone knows how good he is at the breakdown, never, never, never got near the ball. So the breakdown was amazing. Peter O'Manee, Conor Murray, Keith and Stephen Archer, they were there the last time Munster won a trophy. So it was unbelievably special to see them. Uh, they've trudged a long road, had many disappointments, and it was brilliant that they've finally been rewarded. Um, okay, we've got to move on quickly. Um, and the fitness thing. Obviously, the fitness at the start of the season is down to new way of playing. Shorter pre-season, probably... The Emerging Ireland Tour, injuries, all that stuff didn't help Monster at the start. But look at the fitness level now. It's phenomenal and it's through the roof and the way they're playing um, personifies that. Star of the week for me, John Hodnett. Obviously, he got man yeah. of the match. Unbelievable. Player. So, unlucky not to be, so unlucky not to be in the Irish squad. I think he put in an amazing performance. People ask me in South Africa, look, why wasn't Norgie Snyman starting? Um and and and, it, and because I think it was maybe down to him not playing a lot in the last few weeks and the two head knocks he got. Uh, that was the first thing. But the second point of that was John Hodnett doesn't play if Rg Simon starts, and I think Monster recognised that and it was proven right. His performance throughout the whole game: tackles, cleanouts, carries, phenomenal. start of the season quickly, Neve. Um, there's there's many. You spoke about Coombs. You spoke about Nash Daly. Um, Stephen Archer, what a what an unbelievable, Incredible. unbelievable run for him in the last few weeks. Making yeah. little pop passes on the inside, making like half time breaks, you know, phenomenal. And obviously, the most important part of that was the scrum. Um, and I thought Selenau and Witchley, when they came on as well, there was a couple of really vital Great. scrums they got parity. But Stephen Archer is amazing. Conor Murray's yeah. form the second half of the season has been brilliant. Um, Malachi Fekitoa, what a turnaround from what we saw to start. He's been It's almost like the
1: day they announced that he wasn't, you know, he was moving on at the end of the season. It was like a pressure off valve release. I don't know what it was. But he was incredible. He's been incredible over the last few weeks. He was brilliant again on Saturday. And I know obviously John Hodden gets a player in the match and what a brilliant interview afterwards. But um, Malachi Mal- Mal- Malefacto is very close to me. His work rate was outstanding. Um. So, yeah, look, Star, you, you know what I mean? To still talk about There's Jack work- Crowley as well, but I think you, you, you. we spoke about it beforehand. I think you, we can't go at anybody other than who's your favourite player. Well, I
0: didn't name him there, and that's a little, um, uh, those mentions there, um, but John Klein, for me Um, he sums up everything that I love in a player is that work rate and honesty that passion um, never never given up Um, I think he's played 19 or 20 games or started 19 or 20 he's been ever present I don't know the exact number but he's he's been there through tick and thin Um, been questioned before or probably about some of his performances selection in 2019 to the World Cup uh, there was a good cohort of people, um, you know, give out about that, um, his selection over Devon Toner at the time. And he struggled probably a little bit, but his game has grown. And I think you can see the impact that the new way Munster are playing and the coaches have had on him. But I just love his honesty, um, carrying hard yards, all that kind of stuff. So very unlucky not to be in the Irish squad. That's right? stars of the week.
1: To be fair, so I agree 100% John are. I've to see them. But in terms of the Irish context, it's it's funny. It's, um, to be fair, Munster haven't had a lot of uh, success over the last few years. So when squads get announced, there's not a huge amount of people clamouring for, like outside of Munster, clamouring for... John name was on everybody's lips yesterday in relation to um, that missing out on that squad. And, like, it was all... I think it was always going to be really difficult for Annie boulder to get in there considering the year that Ireland have had. And yes, Munster have had loads of really good performances over the last few weeks. But we're talking about a project since 2019 for Andy Farland, his coaching ticket and talking about, um, you know, the, the core bulk of that squad will have been together. So it's only layering messages as opposed to starting anew. And I think that that's, People kind of forget about that. And yes, I, I think Sean klein has been very unlucky. But also, you know, when you're coming in out of the cold like that, into a, a squad, it's very it's a very difficult thing to do a couple of months before a World Cup.
0: And, and I think that's the reason he's not there, which is... Yeah. I don't know if it's fully justified, but I get it. I understand it. There's a system there. It's a different system. Um, and You know probably, he's eligible
1: to play for South Africa again.
0: You see, it's a short window yeah. between now and September and the training camps to get up to speed. But look, I think he's still be in the on the fringes, as will John Hadnot, as will Shane Daly. I think it's been an incredible run to, to the end of the season. Mike Haley was brilliant as well. But you know what? To see O'Mahony, Murray, Earls, Archer, these guys—that was really special. Um, I got emotional at the end of it. It was just phenomenal. Um, it was really, really special. And um, you know, who we, we never thought this. We never thought this. What do they need to do to build on this? It's probably too early to say that. John Ryan is coming back, Alex Nankerville from the Chiefs, Sean O'Brien. Um, I think if we were both to ask who would we like to see progressing, we you know, you said it's you you know, you spoke about a dog ball, um, Thomas O'Hearn, uh probably young players that are coming through. Alex Kandelan has really matured as well. Um, Dermot was yeah, unbelievable. So probably a and Thomas O'Harran, they're exciting prospects to come through and and hopefully we'll see a lot more of them next season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's lots of young guys coming through, Patrick Campbell as well. But for me, you know, you, you see them around training and stuff like that and they're absolutely massive. Massive men, they're 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 RG kind of esque in terms of their stature, and we don't have a huge amount of players in that profile. So you're kind of hoping for an injury free season for them and a, a good run, consistent run. And you know the way that that coaching ticket work. You know if you're rocking up training and you're training, you're training well, then you'll play. And um, so yeah, look, I think it's all in their hands now over the summer. So it'll be interesting to see how they can layer this game and and. What they're trying to do, uh, going forward, but um, yeah, there's lots and lots of positive. It's
0: I keep saying the word unbelievable because it's probably my favorite word to use. Um, but it it is, it's unbelievable that monster the URC champions. I think they were. Um, it just goes to show if you don't give up and you keep sticking at it, they finished fifth in the league. Uh, people didn't see this coming. A final kind of word on on and um on the coaches, uh, the effect and impact that Graham Roundtree has made, Mike Prendergast, um Andy Kiriyaku, Dennis Leamy, and I, I probably haven't mentioned George Murray as well. George is involved in the kicking strategy that they and as a kicking coach there as well. To see that coach's boss box at the end, and you know for being a coach that just makes it all worthwhile. All the sacrifice, the the work, the effort that you put in and Graham Altray said it. This this was my best moment ever in rugby. Um, they have been absolutely phenomenal, I think, and it's just amazing to see the impact they've had on this group. I kind of keep saying it with a little bit of caution for any Leinster fans or Ulster Connacht fans who are saying, "Oh, Munster getting carried away." We're not. We love the fact that we've won a trophy finally, um, but we do know. There's more. There's more to come. We need to get better. We want to do it in Europe. Um, we want this team to go and be a contender in Europe. And there's more depth needed. Um, there's probably. But I, I also love the fact Nate, that there's players here who have gone to a level, a different level. They've shown us something that their potential, that they can compete at this higher level. Um, some of these players have been questioned in the last couple of years some of it justified some of it not but we're now seeing them flourish and enjoy it and play to their potential and I think that's down to the coaching they've done a remarkable job
1: Yeah, huge look obviously incredibly astute and um, you know very smart in how they went about their business and, and uh, getting players to buy in when you know there were moments of of, of probably doubt um, in relation to where they were going, what they were doing over the first five games. And that's probably been the biggest thing. But the culture that they drive, the standards that they expect, um, you know, we see players that, you know, that are superstars in their own making and not make any 23 over the last number of weeks because they're obviously not performing a training or, you know, they don't fit the bill or, you know, it's not the right connection for that, that week or whatever it is and everybody's equal and i think that when you create an environment like that um, it makes it all you know what i mean it makes it, m- it makes players all kind of fill in and um, and buy into what you're doing so uh, yeah so so smart really really good and, and a great group and i'm just delighted for them
0: yeah really special and they can enjoy it now everyone in the organization can enjoy it and uh Basking a little bit of glory. We look forward to the World Cup coming up and we'll talk about Ireland a little bit when we get back up and running. Unfortunately, with a bit of sad news that and I hate goodbyes, but look, you'll guess you'll come on as a guest with us a few times next year. But because of your job and your commitments, um, this is your last Red Seventy Eight. So I wanna thank you for uh being part of of uh, this little project and and uh, the podcast. It's been brilliant having uh, your knowledge. Your insights, your wit, and and always trying to slag me, um, but it's been brilliant. So look, thank you so much, Neve. Um, I don't know if you want to say goodbye to the fans, but you're not going away too far, and it's there's no need for any sort of emotion. Don't start crying at me now. But look, I want to thank you, um, and uh, we will get, get you on as a guest. And uh, so don't think you're getting off scot free, and you're going to disappear now and not come on. But. Uh, we certainly want to know more about what's happening in the women's game going forward so um, that's going to be really important as well for us um, so look thanks a million for, for everything do you want to say a quick goodbye or
1: no look thanks for it thanks, thanks to you we've had a really good ball um, we've become right good besties since we started um, and yeah look uh, the fans have been incredible the engagement that we've had from this I didn't really see uh, it working as well as it did so it's been incredible so um, yeah thanks
0: a million Okay, that's it for episode 73, the Red 78. Thanks again to everyone for listening all season. And um, we'll be back at it soon. And uh, look for more fan engagements. Have a great summer and uh, up, Monster!